Hi friends, this is Will Parker. I just wanted to say a couple of things before we jump into this week's episode. First of all, for those of you who are facing school closures because of coronavirus, and that includes most of the U.S. and most of the world, and most of my listeners are in countries that are closed, I just want to encourage you and remind you that the work that you're doing is still important, even when you're not physically with your students. And I would also just love to hear some ideas from you. As I've been connecting with Principal Matters listeners through emails and through Twitter and through text messaging, I'm hearing some really creative ideas on ways to still provide supplemental lessons to students, ways to provide food services to students. I would love to know what you're doing in your schools. So if you have time, reach out, and I would love to be able to share some of that information with principals as I'm connecting with them about things they may be doing in their schools. You can always email me at will at williamdparker.com or connect with me via Twitter at williamdp. Also, I wanted to tell you this week that Jen Schwanke is joining the podcast again for a series as co-host on Reboot for Principals. This is going to be based on her new book that actually comes out this week. And so you're going to hear the recording today is from several weeks back. And so we are now jumping into the series together. And so I'm so excited that you're going to be able to listen to her and I talk about ideas that you can be using as the lead learner in your school for staying motivated in your leadership. And I think that's so important, especially right now when you have so much to manage in addition to the normal school year with all of the difficulties and challenges that we have with the unknowns that are happening around the world. Thank you so much for the school work that you do every day because what you do matters and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 186. Hi friends, this is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast. Each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week we're talking about being lead learners with, welcome back, Jen Schwanke, our returning co-host. Jen Schwanke is the principal of Indian Run Elementary in Dublin, Ohio, and the author of You're the Principal, Now Watch Strategies and Solutions for New School Leaders, and she's working on a new book. Jen, welcome back to Principal Matters. I'm so excited to see what's been going on with you. Well, hi, everyone. Thanks. It is such a pleasure to be back. We are uh, busy, busy at school, roaring into March and April and May, and um, looking forward to a great end to this current school year. And you did mention a new book. I have one coming out March 17th from ASCD, and it's called The Principal Reboot, Eight Ways to Revitalize Your School Leadership. So that's going to play into a lot of the topics we talk about today, Will, about, you know, maybe we have a few years of being a principal under our belt and how we keep being a learner and a leader all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited, Jen. So thank you so much for reconnecting. And as we took a hiatus from our hosting together, you've been working on a lot of things, leading a school, teaching a graduate class, working on a new book. Congratulations. I'm so excited to promote your new book. And we're going to be pulling today a conversation about how can we as leaders continue to be learners. And so, Jen, I know that in your book, you talk a lot about the importance of rebooting. And and so before we jump into the topic, I just wanted you to set the stage a little bit for why is it important for leaders to be thinking about their own self-care? Because it's so important for us to think about how we're growing, not just how we're leading the growth of others. Right. You know, being a principal is such a conundrum in some ways because every day truly is new and every challenge is new because you have different players and you have little different nuances 
But over time, you get really tired and you get you find yourself in that position where you're just fighting against the cynicism and being jaded about the whole thing. And so you constantly have to be reflecting. And well, you and I have talked about reflection quite a bit. You constantly have to be looking in the mirror and saying, okay, am I still doing what I want to do? Am I doing it the way I want to do it? And am I sticking to my core philosophy about this job, this role, the students, the parents, the community? So all of that, those are things that I've been thinking about as a principal because I really want to be just as excited, enthusiastic, and effective on my last day as I was on my first. But it's a challenge because yeah. there are days I think, I don't know <laughs> if, I, if I can do this one more minute. So the answer is, of course, we can. All principals can continue to grow and be better every single day. It just takes uh, a little work on the self. That's all. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And Principal Matters listeners, just so you know, I've been working on the content for a new book as well called Breathe First, which is how educators can work on their own self-care so that we thrive, not just survive in our school leadership. And so Jen and I have been talking about how can we marry some of the topics that both of us have been ruminating on and reflecting on and writing about. And so today we're just going to focus on the topic of how can we continue to be learners in, in a school where we're leading learners? How can we be the lead learner? And Jen, I wanted to start with a quick story. My mother-in-law, unfortunately, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's several years ago. And so she's had a lot of mental decline. But one of the most, one of the most enjoyable parts of my week is when I can go see her and we can sit in her room at the piano keyboard that she has. And even though she no longer remembers my name, Anytime I begin to play her favorite hymns or songs, she can remember the lyrics to her songs. So we can sit there and sing and sing and sing together. And so, and I know that the brain science often talks about how there, there's certain parts of your brain that can store information differently than other parts. And so as she's declined in, in her short-term memories, it's been really beautiful to watch those memories that were stored within that part of her brain that that expresses right. music, right. Um, still holding on to that. And so I've thought about this a lot as I've thought about my own learning. You know, what am I putting into my brain right now? What are those things that I'm embedding into the, to my memories or what am I memorizing in music? What am I, what am I holding on to that maybe someday will still be there for me to rely on later? And so it's not just input output. I know that our, that knowledge, experiences, relationships, environments affect the way that we learn. And so I just wanted to start today by challenging us to think about um, first of all, our mindsets, you know, how are we, how are we looking at the world so that we are constantly looking for ways to learn? And, and Carol Dweck has a great book on mindset, the new, the new psychology of success, where she talks about the difference between growth mindsets and fixed mindsets. And so I just wanted to park there for just a minute and ask you, what are some ways that you continue leading with a growth mindset because right. you've been leading now for quite a while and, and you're right. still leading with a lot of enthusiasm. So how do you, how do you encourage that kind of, that kind of thinking? I'm going to tell you a dirty, dark secret about me. And that is that I don't initially love new things. Mm -hmm. I hate change. And so I, you know, I think of the first time I got an iPhone, I hated it. Or I think about when I attend a PD and, and somebody says, you know, there's this great new program. It's called Flipgrid. Kids can really communicate about their reading and about their thinking. Initially, my reaction is always no, 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 no. I don't want it. I don't want to learn about it. It's not, this is no good. And when I am forced to do it, I have this feeling that washes over me physically. It's a thrilling, like, oh, maybe I can do this. And I feel 
that's a complex um, admission there because I think that's what kids feel all the time. Mm. And I think adults feel it all the time, but we've been trained to, to not admit it. And so it's hard to simultaneously say, I hate change, but I'm going to have to lead it in others. So what I've come to do is admit it. And I come to say, listen, when, when they took the button away from my new version of the iPhone, it about sent me into a tailspin. But I persisted and I had faith that I could learn it. I think that the self-efficacy piece is important there with mindset because we need to believe we can do it. We need to think, listen, I got through college. I got through grad school. I lead a building. I manage a life. I can certainly learn how to do, say, a screencastify. Mm-hmm. So there's those you know, constant pep talks you're giving yourself. There's the self-awareness of how you are on the spectrum of, of accepting change. Some people love it and they don't even blink. They say, oh, great, this is going to be wonderful. They don't have to kind of self-talk through it. So all of that is to say, I think it's key to know your own mindset and to know what you need to do to get over any hurdles that get in your way. Own that, admit it to your people and model, 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 model. So when there's something really cool that comes, whether it's technology or a new way of doing things or God forbid, you know, canceling something that doesn't work anymore, whatever your task and your goal, I think it's to, to get yourself in the right mindset, you know, force it, squeeze it, push it, pull it and get yourself to a place of learning. Yeah. And that helps me to, when I think about the why in my leadership too, Jen, because so often when I open that door in the morning and you're getting ready to walk into school, I can remember self-coaching. You know, I I would ask myself the question, why am I stepping into school today? And if the answer in my mind was because I want to keep something bad from happening, (laughs) then I I knew right then that my mindset was not a growth mindset. And so I had, so I had to reboot my my mindset and think, okay, no, the reason I'm walking in here today is because there's going to be, there's going to be some broken systems that help. I want to find a solution to it. There's going to be some broken relationships and maybe I can be a part of the healing in that. There's going to be some learning that needs to happen. And how can I facilitate and support that learning? So I would kind of coach myself back into that mindset instead of just like, how can I keep anything from changing or happening? Right. Which is is what principals often do. Right. Um, And because teachers sense that from us as well. Exactly. It's funny you say that. My father said something to me not long ago that was a huge lightning bolt of of self-actualization, I think. He said, Jen, the the problem you've always struggled with is you think there's some point in time where all the problems are solved Mm. and you're done. So you've always liked your checklist and you like them to be done. And then when another problem comes or another relationship fails or another new thing you have to learn, you feel you've failed. Mm. He said, you've got to get over that because the whole thing with this life we're living is more problems. They're coming, they're continuing to come. And so embracing them and not being resentful that problems keep popping up is a great way to, to be a better leader. And, you know, this is coming from a 74 year old man. He's a farmer, he's a contractor, and truly he embraces new problems. Whereas I was looking to squash them forever and ever. So the learning there for principals, I think, is to walk in just like you said, and not look behind your shoulder at a mess that might need cleaned up, but look forward to more problems. Great. We're going to have some problems today. Mm -hmm. That's so inspiring. Thanks for sharing that about your dad. I didn't, I love that advice because you're right. So often I think we 
for some reason, we think in our mind, if we can just do all these things right, right. that will eliminate all the problems. Absolutely. And right. then life will be perfect. <laughs> it will. And it's never going to be that way. And so when we face that newest problem, then that's an opportunity for us to find a new solution. It's an opportunity to grow. And it's hard to grow. I don't like to grow. But if we're not growing, then we're not improving. And so so this whole idea of, of, of the mindset that we have when we come into our work, I think is such an important part of being a lead learner. Yes. Well, let's, let's talk some nuts and bolts too, because I know that in addition to the way that we think, the, the, our mindset, and that we could go so much deeper into this, Jen, I have other thoughts that I want to share, but I, but I know that if I do, we'll never <laughs> get to this episode. You know, let's talk a little bit about what goes into our minds in terms of our learning. For instance, our reading, you know, what content are we taking in on a regular basis that helps us to be better thinkers. And so I'm just curious in your in your own work, what are some things that you regularly do that bring content into your mind and, and thoughts that helps you uh, to keep growing as a leader? Well, I'm going to start with reading because I have always loved to read and it, it's a way that I can honestly stop moving for a little bit when, when I read. And life has happened, so I get busier and busier and there's less time. So I have incorporated a lot of audiobooks that I listen as I run or, or walk the dog or whatever. But what I try to do is I read books that really reflect lives other than my own or maybe reflect the lives of people that I work with or some kind of story that I can identify with in in a way that I wouldn't have ordinarily. I love memoir. Mm -hmm. I always have. And I love it because it is stories, but it's also truth. Mm -hmm. One book that recently I read and really resonated with me was Heartland by Sarah Sparsh. And it's a memoir of being really poor in the richest country on earth. And it's about her farm family and how hard they work. And this conception out there that, that, you know, if you don't work hard, that's your fault. If you're poor or if you're living in a trailer or if you have, if you have very little resources and that is so not true in this country. And so that spoke to me personally because of my own youth on a farm, but I also felt like it, it very eloquently smashed some, beliefs that people have about our students and what hard work is and how the output doesn't necessarily result in the same, you know, future for students. So it really spoke to me. I also like to read books that, that indicate or that reflect what our parents are struggling with. So some, some good books out there right now are The Gift of Failure by um, Jessica Leahy, I believe is her name. And then there was Unselfy, another book about re- raising empathetic kids by Michelle Borba. So all of those are, are books that speak to me. And then of course I like fun books too. I like books about cooking and about athletes and about perseverance and, and all of those things. <laughs> That's great. And I, we have some similarities there, but because I'm a, I'm a learner from stories as well. And so interestingly, I'm now I'm looking forward to reading Hardline by Sarah Schmarsh. Um, I just finished reading Educated by Tara Westover. Oh, and it's a story, yes. obviously, of, a, of another girl who grew up in a very rural area with a very a family that was radicalized in a lot of ways. And not until college did she even know what the Holocaust was or understand what the world was. And so she ends up getting a you know PhD from Cambridge. But but it's just another one of those stories is that as I'm reading it, I'm thinking about the stories of my students. I'm thinking about the stories right. of my own life. It, it, it helps me to resonate with other people's stories so that I can have a better understanding of people. And, uh, and I'm a huge fan of, of biography, especially, uh-huh. especially I love historical fiction, but I also love 
biography. And so um, last year I, I read the book by Doris Kern Goodman on, on the Roosevelt's life. And, uh, and that was just amazing. It took me a long time to get through that content. But I do a lot of that by audio um, because right. I'm, I travel a lot too. So as I'm driving or flying, I love to listen. And even when I'm just doing chores, um, I love right, to right. audio books and just listen to that as well. And so, you know, reading is a way to do that. Now, Principal Matters listeners, you may be listening to Jen and I, you know, both former English teachers and thinking, you guys are geeking out on, <laughs> on just on reading. And so I just want to tell you, reading is not the only way you can learn because, right. um, but the content that you're putting in will affect the way that you think. And so whether that's listening to an audio book or whether that's picking up a book, but reflecting on other people's stories, listening to other, other content um, will help influence the way that you perceive your students, your teachers, your own life, and the lives of those around you. Any other thoughts on reading, Jen, before we pick another topic? You know what? Yes, one more thought on reading. What I try to do is seek books about issues I don't understand as well. So I have someone close to me who's struggling with addiction, and that's something that I I don't know that I understood. And so I sought out memoirs about that. A wonderful one is Smacked, and it's about white collar addiction because we so many people think that that um, addiction issues are not are only for a certain subset of our population. And so I say that just because if there's something you don't understand about your teachers, about your students, about your community, there's probably a story out there you can yeah. seek and find. Somebody has that story. And I I get really upset when, when we as educators talk about students as a whole or as a clump because every individual body there is a story. And that's the same with our staff too and the people we work with. And so to take the time and really open your ears and listen to it another story is really eye-opening and, and does speak to the professional growth we need to have for ourselves. Yeah, that's fantastic. It, um, it makes me think about just the power of, of understanding other people's stories too. Right. I, I finished a, a couple of other books that, that are helpful for me when I'm trying to learn things I don't know. Is uh, I just read the book Five Voices by Jeremy Kubitschek. Um, because it's it's a way to understand how you communicate and how other people communicate. It's a great book for leaders. I finished this uh, a few months ago, the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, because yes, yes. it helps you to understand how people think and then your own subconscious biases and the way that you think. And so, right. so um, Principal Matters listeners, I know you probably have suggestions too on great books that, that you're reading. Um, and Jen, I love the idea of of looking for books that help you learn things you don't know. And that happened to me when I was thinking about what I do now with podcasting right. and a lot of the work that I do writing, those were some things I wanted to learn. And so I had to figure out how to learn them. And so I started reaching out to look for people who were writing or podcasting about the things I wanted to right. learn. And so that's the wonderful thing about this world that we live in. If there's something that you're curious about, there's probably something out there that right. a book out there that's going to help you learn about it too. And that kind of leads right into the ongoing professional learning, you know, because, because reading is one of the most powerful ways I think that we can continue to learn. But it's not just reading that's a way for us to learn. There are lots of other ways for us to learn too. So let's Let's, let's go there for a few minutes. What are some things, Jen, that are, other than reading, ways that you found to encourage your own ongoing professional learning or development? I love workshops, professional development, and conferences. Of course, I love them. I'm going to talk about some alternate learning I do, Will, and then maybe we can kind of swing back and talk about some more traditional ones. But sure. one of the things I challenge myself to do is really listen 
really listen to others because sometimes someone who might be working two, three, four feet away from me is doing, thinking, um, saying, trying things that I had never thought about. And by that, I mean, maybe my administrative assistant, she might have a tool or a trick that some, makes something really easy for her and she can help me with that. Or my principal colleagues, I have a wonderful group of principal colleagues and we all definitely respect one another's way of, of leading, but there's so much learning there right at my fingertips. And if I slow down and really listen and watch them, I learn so much. Mm. The other thing that has really stretched me as a leader is graduate teaching. You you spoke about that earlier, mm-hmm. and this is something I find such immense joy in. But the professional learning there is because I am forced <laughs> to slow down, relearn some things, look at some resources, study the recent thinking and research about the areas that we're, we're talking about in my classes. And so that's something that that principal matter listeners might want to consider. And I don't necessarily just mean teaching a graduate class. It could be teaching an English class for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, I, I'm not just going to cover third grade when the teacher gets sick and has to go home. I'm going to schedule a time to come and teach them some mathematical practices or whatever. So forcing yourself to teach brings you back to year one when you were a teacher and you had a blank piece of paper and maybe a curriculum guide and that's it. So I think making that commitment, it's hard for principals because we have so much to do and so many problems to solve. But I have found myself really inspired and growing personally and professionally by forcing that that kind of deeper study in my own in my own practice. Yeah. So I I just want to park there for just a minute, Jen, and speak directly to listeners, because I think sometimes we underestimate the power of what we've been learning. And so principles, for those of you that are listening to this and you're thinking about, you may be a new leader and you're like, man, I'm already, I'm so overwhelmed that what, what can I be sharing with others? Or maybe you're an experienced leader and you're thinking, you know, everybody's heard it all. I don't have anything to contribute. Stop just right now. Cause I just want to tell you that the experiences that you're having as a new leader or as an experienced leader, are there are valuable golden nuggets that are happening in that experience every single day that someone else can benefit from. But they're never going to benefit from it unless you have an opportunity or take an opportunity to share it. And that might be a leadership class of kids in your right. school. That might be at the next faculty meeting that you're, that you're leading. That might just be volunteering to present at the next conference or workshop that your district is hosting or that your state associations are hosting or whatever, or, or putting a request for presentation at an upcoming conference. And so, because when you stretch yourself to begin to share those experiences that you're having, when you, it forces you, Jen, to reflect. It forces you to kind of take out the, what are the lessons I'm learning here and then connect them with other people. And as soon as you begin connecting them with other people, then that opens up a whole nother level of conversation about their experiences that feed off of your own. And you're right, teaching graduate classes, um, workshops, talking to others about your own learning, it, it enhances your own ability to grow. And right. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but I well, just, so I think it's such a powerful way to learn. I'm going to jump in on that, Will, because that's one of my favorite things about you is you're connecting other people because, mm-hmm. you know, learning is cannot be done effectively in your own little corner of the world. But when you get out there and you say, hey, I have a friend I met, I want you to talk to. And then, Will, you'll send a quick email and you'll say, hey, I'm going to introduce you to my friend and, and here you go. You talk and then you remove yourself. And then what you've done is you have just increased your own network and also the network of your two friends. And so I think that this is, this is, 
is a connected world and there is nothing to be lost from us sharing our own learning. And sometimes you can have an aha moment just with an email exchange from a, from a colleague across the country. So I love that, that you have taken that to the next level. It's not just advancing your own learning to make you a better principal or leader. It's saying, you know, let's all join in this movement and let's all, you know, just really increase our network of colleagues who, who can weigh in if I have an issue or a problem. You know what? There's also such comfort too in knowing there's a tribe out there. Mm-hmm. I was so lucky to speak to a conference for um, women in leadership recently. And I had, again, a physical reaction of gratitude and just being overcome with the talent and the wisdom and the eloquence in the room. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing where you think, wow, I am exactly where I need to be right now. Those are the kind of things that stave off the exhaustion and the burnout that, that we're all so afraid of. Oh, that's so true because I get so inspired, Jen, by the work of other leaders and what a privilege. I mean, it's because if you think about it and I know sometimes I'm a little weird, but because I'll (laughs) sit in rooms and I'll, and I'll be, I'll be in a room of like full of principles and and maybe we'll at a national conference and I'm going to be going to an advocacy conference here in a couple of weeks in Washington, DC. And and there'll be principals and leaders from all over the nation. And sometimes you'll be packed in a room. Maybe there's 120 or 200 people, who knows, but I'll be sitting there thinking, look at the the collective amount of knowledge that's sitting in this room that represents like literally thousands of children all across this nation that are being influenced by the people sitting right. right here. And what a powerful opportunity that we have to learn from each other right? so that we can become better at those things. And like, if we're, if we're working in a silo, I'm just doing my thing, my head's down and I'm moving forward, then I'm only that effective. But if I'm working with my head up, like I'm looking at my other fellow leaders and, and they're telling me their ideas and I'm sharing my ideas with them, then my kids benefit from that. The people I'm leading benefit from that too. And so I love that idea of, of connecting with your tribe because, right. because their, their energy, their ideas, their experiences can feed and influence right. yours. You know what I did? I set a goal for myself and I'm going to tell you again, the dark place it came, where it came. I was really grumpy a few months ago and I thought, (laughs) I don't, nobody ever compliments anybody in this district. Why aren't we taking, why aren't we being nicer? And then I stopped and I thought, well, I don't do that, do I? Mm. And so I set a goal that whenever I see someone in a professional setting and personal too, if I can, I'm going to find a, a true, genuine, authentic compliment. And I'm going to say, you know what I love about working with you? Or you know what I've seen you done do that's really incredible? And I don't think we do that enough in this, in this world. Mm-hmm. We do have professional respect for one another, but we don't say it. Yeah, And that is something, I think we're all hungry for a gold star. We're all hungry for a compliment. And so if we could all pinky promise to say a nice thing to one of our colleagues, it really does not only connect us, but honor the work and the um, skills that are in the room. So that's my challenge to your listeners, Will, is maybe today or today or this week, whatever, compliment someone who you really admire. Just say it because that might just be, like I said, the gold star they need for the week. Oh, thank you, Jen, for saying that. You know, it's so funny because I had that same moment just recently where I was digging through my emails and in Principal Matters listeners, I'll be the I'll be vulnerable now. I was reading through my emails and I was thinking, you know, I send out a weekly post. I I have several thousand subscribers, you know, that download my podcast or read my emails, but I rarely am hearing from anyone. And so I was kind of opening my email and feeling that little, that little like tinge like you were saying, like, how come I don't get much feedback? And then I the thought came to me, well, what feedback am I giving to others? And so, right. so I went through my inbox and I sent a quick kudos email to 
two or three other people that had sent me information, to content that they shared through their podcasts or their blogs or their books or whatever. And so, so this week, AJ Giuliani got an email from me and John Harper got an email from me and Daniel Bauer got an email from me just saying, thank you for the work you're doing. I miss you or I appreciate you. Because I was thinking, you know, if I'm the one sitting here look, wondering why I don't get feedback on mine, then maybe it's be, maybe I need to be the person that's modeling that and right. remember how important those guys and those right. those people are in, in in the work that you're doing, Jen. So exactly. so thanks for saying that. And I know that sounds it it reveals a little bit of our of our own um, need for um, recognition or our need for. But I, I think that's honest. That right. all of us all of us want to know that our contributions are being valued. Right. And again, to bring it back to students, I remember one one day I was out of bus duty and a little girl got out of the car and I said to her, "Oh my goodness, I love your braids." And she poofed up and she smiled and danced into the school. And her mother emailed me the next day and said, you made mm-hmm. her world. And all I said is, I love your braids. But what a difference it makes when we hear something nice about ourselves and how it it feels like I am special. I have something that I can give to this world. So that's true to our students and that's true to our staff and, and ourselves as a pr- principal network as, as well. Just yeah. to say those things. And obviously we all know it doesn't work if it's not true and it doesn't work if it's inauthentic. It has to be something that really speaks to and highlights that person's strengths or yeah. the way they look that day. You know, if they get out with sassy braids. Let's say I love your sassy braids. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing that full circle, Jen, because because that's so true. Those The ways that we look for feedback, how we feel when we're valued is exactly the same thing that the people that we're leading and serving are thinking exactly. too. So how can we model that? How can, and you know, because when you begin to cultivate that in yourself um, by being mindful of that, and then you're cultivating it in your culture. And so it, exactly. it just, it all feeds on each other. Well, let, I'm going to wrap this up, Jen. And Principal Matters listeners, this this week, we talked about a lot in terms of your own ability to, to be a lead learner. So whether that's your mindset, whether that's your reading, whether that's your ongoing professional development, whatever that is, I want to remind you that this week you have the opportunity to grow. So I hope that the conversations Jen and I are having are not to add burden to the work that you're doing, but just to encourage you to think about how you are a continual learner, how you're not alone in in the struggle of constantly battling the, the desire to fix it all. But as Jen's father said, learning that life is always a series of of new problems, finding new solutions and an opportunity for new growth. Jen, any other ideas you want to add before we wrap up this week? No, no new ideas. It was just great to be back and share some some thinking with you. Well, Principal Matters listeners, thank you so much for the time that you've taken to learn this week. Thanks for doing what matters. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next time. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com. <laughs>